Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz Fiddler. Our last episode with the twins, uh, we got a little lengthy, so we ended up cutting it in half, finding a good stopping point, and we're starting up again with dahlias. So I hope you get your fall fix and let us know if you have any questions. So then, like, honestly, when frost comes, it's kind of like welcoming you go through and you hack them down and then you can just you just leave them there like until the ground is frozen solid even if it refreezes even if it snows like as long as the ground isn't frozen solid and so like I pretty much I mean the first few years I did dahlias right away but it's like no that's not priority get the other stuff done and then you know they can sit in the ground until you're ready for them you know within reason don't wait until like December but like they can sit in the ground all of October like yeah it's fine and then I take a potato fork. Um, I think you guys use one too, like rather yep. than a shovel. And then just that way you can like loosen all the dirt off of it at the same time. We um, do. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. And then you guys are, you guys are going to be like kind of shocked. Well, I know you guys know like how I've lucked out with dividing and storing my dahlias the last few yeah. years. Like, I don't know, man. I just, I'm like, you know what? Let's simplify it. And I've gotten really lucky. Like, I mean, I didn't even cover them. I took they were in clumps of dirt and I just stuck them in bags and like, I didn't even put a lid on the tote and they just stayed like that all, all winter long until I was ready to divide them this spring and they were great. And that's how our grandmas used to do it in the basement. But now like the other thing is though, like I have a shop that I can keep heated at 40 (laughs) degrees and I can put, I could put 20 huge totes in there if I needed to. Like it's, so big. I mean, we lived in it last year for seven months when we were, yeah. and when I say like shop, I mean, it's, this thing's old. It's like 70 years old, but it's insulated well and there's a heater in there or whatever. So like if storage is not a problem, I don't know. That's, that's what I would recommend. And then yep. divide them in the spring when you're ready. And it's yep. a lot easier to see the eyes. However, yes. if storage or like if your storage is, go- and, and plus it's not up and down stairs and I can like I mean, honestly, Brent and I are, my fiance, flower farmer fiance is all about like efficiencies. Like he's, he's very concerned that I'm going to be like a cripple when I'm 60 because I'll be like <laughs> bent over gardening. And he's like, I don't like this. Like you have a doctorate degree and you're physically using your body for flower farming. I'm like, well, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. So he's all about like efficiencies and ergonomics and whatever. And so like, he already like has pallets set aside and we're going to have pallets and be able to use them, like move them with the skid steer, like inside there. Like we'll just have totes of pallets. Like, so if you are going up and down your basement steps, for example, nope, I wouldn't have 300 dahlia plants in totes when it's like the whole root ball and dirt. So that's why you would divide in the fall because like now all of a sudden, like one saran wrap ball, like you can definitely take up way less space. I mean, if space is an issue, but definitely, yeah. I don't know. For me, it's like nope. If I I have room for them, and I that's that's what works for me. So, what do yeah. you guys do? So we do not have we have a heated garage, but not as much space probably for that. So we have been we let the frost come, cut the plant off the bottom, let it sit in the dirt for at least a good week or two. I think some. I mean, depends on what the weather does. Sometimes two to three weeks. Dig them all up with a potato fork, and they sit on the trail usually for a few days, kind of air dry. Air dry, yeah. <laughs> if the dirt's been wet, shake off the dirt. We divide them right away, 
and we try to get that done usually within a week's time. You should really probably get it done a little sooner if you are going to store them. We found that if you if we haven't, we lose some to rot like too soon, it seems like. Mm-hmm. But so we're dividing them right away as they're labeled already because we labeled them in the summertime. So we know what variety's what. Um, divide them all up, put them into saran wrap then, and then stick them in a tote in um, my my basement here at the farm. This is Megan, my basement. We have a part of the basement that's like not heated. It's like an old part of the basement. Um, so we can kind of control the humidity with humidifier or dehumidifier, pardon me. But it stays about 40, 50 degrees down there. And that's about perfect for the tubers. Yeah. And I think, so actually I did it two ways last year, but I think, so if you're going to keep them solid in solid clumps without dividing them, either leave the dirt on them like I do, but again, Mm. like that's heavy and it's dirty and it's, you know, like it's, I realize that that's not ideal for everyone, but like I said, it's how our grandmas used to do it. And it, I do feel like it works best, but again, there's a lot of factors about that, but if you are going to wash them in the fall, then you really should divide them right away. I somehow lucked out because I I ran out of time last year and then it was like, I mean, we were moving into our house and then I just was like, eh, screw it. And so they were cleaned and I literally just wrapped the entire root ball that was clean, no dirt on it with saran wrap and then threw them in totes and was like, eh, these are going to be dead, whatever. I don't even care. They don't have a label. I have no idea what they are. And this spring they had eyes poking out of them. Like I... Again, I don't know if that, you know, I think the saran wrap obviously helped control it. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to gamble on that again. Like I'll either leave them in (laughs) dirt or I will divide them and then wrap them in saran wrap. But how do you guys, so, but if I do divide them, I wrap them individually in saran wrap and that's what's always worked well for me. So it's like, just wrap the whole thing in saran wrap and it worked, but eh, that's a pretty big gamble. (laughs) Like you could throw away 10 tubers if it rots, you know, whereas at least it'd be one or whatever, but how do you guys store them? Right. So I guess we left that part out. The most important thing after we, you know, take them off the trailer and dig them up is wash, wash them. them. It's yep. a mess. Let them dry for a couple of days. Well, mm-hmm. and it, it sucks because it's like, you got to be careful where you do it. I mean, the one year, again, so dumb, like lessons that you learn, like I'm just so dumb sometimes. Um, I did it by my milk house and it's like all this dirt mud, and it's like mud everywhere on my concrete. So then you spray it with a hose and now like I've got like my class five like crushed rock with all this black dirt in it. So now I have weeds all like I wonder why <laughs> Brent was like, I'm like, oh, there's so many weeds on the concrete. And he's like, I wonder why like you put dirt in it all the time when you're washing things. I'm like, oh, <laughs> good point. Yeah. You know, and so it's like so it's like just finding a good place to wash them, because if you. You know, you really should do it on like concrete or something, but you don't want to do it in grass because then all of a sudden you have all these dirt clumps all over the grass and you don't want to do it within the garden because then that's messy. Like there's just not a good place to do it. Yeah, I'm not sure that it was like a 70 degree day. day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, yeah, and you try to like let them dry out so the dirt clumps like fall off a little bit better. I'm doing that with my ranunculus right now. I don't know. We'll see. I'll keep you posted on that, but I'm trying to save all of those corms. But yeah, similar thing like, I water them really good so that they come out easy so I can pull them out, which I've still had to use like my hori hori knife, but okay. then I let it just kind of dry out or let the, let the corms for my ranunculus just dry out. And then once I shake them, like all the excess dirt falls off. Yeah. 
And so that's kind of, that's what I do for my dahlias too when I'm washing them, but I still have to do it in the spring. Like I still have to wash them then in the spring. It's sure. Yeah. I don't know. It just, honestly, by fall, I'm so burnt out and I'm really hoping this year, like, okay, let's start dividing dahlias in February. Okay. Right. Like what's going on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Totally um, yeah. And especially as flower farming is now. So I work one day a week as a nurse practitioner for those of you that haven't been listening to episodes, but I work a 12 hour day once a week and then I flower farm full time and I've got an employee and I've got like over a hundred subscriptions every week all summer long. And I've got like multiple events every week all summer long. Like it's, I'm slinging about 200 bouquets a week. So it's, it's, it's very busy, but I'm, I'm trying to, I need to have stuff to do in the off season or else like in the, in the fall there's, you know, so it's like just trying to by then. Yeah. yeah. Trying to prioritize it all. And if there are tasks that I can do in the winter, sweet. That's what I need to do. Even though it's not bringing any money, but I kind of got that part figured out. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Especially, I mean, it's just two valuable things that I could be doing in October or, you know, I shouldn't say valuable, but like, yeah, I've got tulips to plant. Um, did I tell you guys how many I ordered? No. (laughs) Just take a guess how many tulips I ordered. So this year I had 11,000 this year. I'm going to say you doubled it probably. 26,000. Holy cow. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, we'll talk about that in our group text, but I'm going to have a tulip bulb sale. But anyway, like, so we'll see. But my theory is, you know, it can't take that much longer to plant that many compared to whatever. It's not like it doubles the time. Like you're doing it anyway. I don't know. Anyway, so that's why I don't like to divide in the fall either because I have a lot of those things going on. Just a couple of those things. Hey everyone, we're going to take a quick break from this episode to talk about something else. We're going to talk about my course that I'm launching this fall, Peddling Perishable Products. So they are essentially, if you like the episodes where I tell you how to grow the flowers, I really think you're going to like the episodes where I tell you how to sell the flowers. Ultimately, I tried creating some podcast episodes talking about how I do things and it just felt incomplete and I really want to make a difference and I want to make it easier on you and I don't want you to find out how to do things the hard way. If you want more information on how to sell your flowers and turn it into a comprehensive business, click the link within this episode notes and sign up for a Calendly call. I promise it's not intimidating. It's 15 minutes. I'm going to tell you the stats on my sales. I'm going to give you information on the course. Ultimately, if at the end of the phone call, the answer is no or not yet, I promise no hard feelings. I just really, really want to help you turn your cut flower hobby into a successful business if that's what you want to do. Again, no hard feelings. Just sign up on the Calendly link. Thanks. How about one of you talks about like just the the dahlia sales on Instagram or whatever, like for some of those rare varieties, like it is cutthroat. Yeah, really got, like, you got yeah. like a minute, not even, you got 10 seconds to like add to cart and <laughs> check out. Yeah. Dahlia sales can be pretty crazy. They usually ramp up like December, January. And as soon as something's announced that it's going to be, you know, that store opens at 1030 on Sunday morning, you better be ready at 1030 with your cart full by 10. 31 and checked out because like have a list ahead of time of most, what you're going to do. Like they're, yeah. they're insane. They're insane. Some the of the most like, coveted varieties will be gone. Yep. There's been times we've both been like on the sale at the same time on different devices or computers and we, we, still, we, we still miss out. Yeah. yeah. It can be pretty cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I mean, you've got your 57 varieties. That's a testament to like, like we said, it's, it's, you got to find this balance, right? Like what do your customers yeah. want and what do you want? 
I mean, do they pay any like, extra for the 57 ballot? You know, but like you love right. them. Like it, yeah. you know, so it's, it's okay. But I mean, do they appreciate the variety of dahlias, like your customers or do they just, oh, that one's fun or new or do they not even notice? I'm just curious. I think probably a little bit of both. You know, I think their subscription holders definitely look forward to when those get started. Mm-hmm. Those get included in their bouquets. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it makes you pick events more fun mm-hmm. when they come see all the different varieties, you know, all in the field and pick, pick which ones are their favorites. Mm-hmm. And I'd yeah. say also that we have, you know, so many varieties because we do offer a tuber sale, mm-hmm. but we want variety in the tuber sale, not yep. just to sell six varieties, mm-hmm. but to offer, you know, at least 20 if we can, if they store well in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. We could have, I mean, double, we could have a hundred varieties or whatever, if you wanted to, I mean, really just kind of paired back and this Mm -hmm. is what works best for us for now. Yeah. When you guys get rid of a variety, I mean, have you ever gotten rid of a variety or do you always just plant one? Oh yeah, we've cut a lot of, a lot of them, (laughs) a lot back. So which variety, do you remember like which varieties you don't grow anymore? Uh, Some of the bigger dinner plates, like we had one that was called La Luna and it was a huge, like eight, nine inch yellow bloom. Yep. I used to we grow that one. I don't do it anymore either. Yep. Life and like yeah, a day. We're talking like a day. And it, yep, yeah, like one tuber would turn into three. I'm like, this is yeah. not worth it. So that one. And then can't really think of and then a couple of white ones last year. I think we got rid of. I can't remember the names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like my, I don't know what they're called, but I have some white ball dahlias. I actually have a lot of those this year, which again, I lucked out. I didn't know every bride in Minnesota only wants white flowers. When did that start? Exactly. Like yeah. that's, that's annoying. I'm sorry. And I know that that's not very nice of me to say, but like, it's a friend. like you're yeah. boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's so much other color and I don't know. I just don't get it. And obviously like I'm probably offending someone and it's not very nice, but your guests aren't wearing white. I don't get it. I don't know. I shouldn't be going off a rant and I'm not trying to be judgy. The latest a little bit, a little bit judgy. Like, it's yeah. not going to look how you think it's going to look. Your my dad is going to show up with a plaid shirt and it's not going to look as nice <laughs> as you think it's going to. Like exactly. I don't know. Like or I've seen it like the guest t- like I had, you know, there's one bride and I'm doing her wedding and I I talked her out of it cuz I was showing her like everything I had and she's like, "Well, I want" And I, and I shouldn't say I talked her out of it, like, you know whatever, but when we talked about things, she was like, "Oh, yeah." Cuz she's like, "Well, I envision the head table being super colorful because I sell buckets of flowers for centerpieces and then they make their own and they're buying, this bride is buying a lot of flowers. Like she wants a lot of flowers. I think she's buying 12 buckets of flowers or something like that. Like she's going to have a lot of centerpieces, but she wanted the head table to be all colored flowers and then the guest tables to be white. And I'm like, you know, and she's like, I just picture it. Like then it really stands out. I'm like, you're already going to stand out. I said, if anything, like do it the opposite because you can control what your wedding party is wearing. And yeah. I, I don't know, but I said, I, I don't think it's going to look how you think it's going to look. Cause your guests aren't going to be wearing white or black or I don't know. I'm like, I, yeah, I would either do all white or all colors. Like, I just don't think it's going to look how you Correct. think it is or something like that. But anyway, so yeah, I have the white ball dahlias. Like I said, that just lucked out and I don't know, I'm using more and more white flowers in there, but I don't, I'm just, I'm really not drawn to a lot of white. Like we're really not either. Well, it's like even like a white snapdragon, it just sticks out. Yeah. It takes a special like color palette to use anything Mm -hmm. white. Well, like I have a bouquet sitting here that I made for Abby just, um, to take home my producer just as a thank Mm -hmm. you. And like, there's one white zinnia and it's Oklahoma salmon. So it's so pretty. Those are like, 
Yeah. I mean, I really don't even do a lot of the Benares Giants anymore because I feel like the petals just get smushed so easily. True. And yeah. so I use a lot. I do a lot of the Oklahoma salmon and I do different colors of those. And then the queen limes, there's one white Oklahoma salmon zinnia sitting in there. And like, it just, that's what you look at immediately. Like it just Definitely. sticks out and like, I don't know. I just, I do a lot of pinks and purples and yeah, yeah. we're kind of more colorful that mm-hmm. way too. Yeah. A little more versatile. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what, I mean, obviously there's so many different colors of dahlias and I'm excited to continue growing them. I'd say that's like the best part about them. There's so many shapes, sizes, and colors that mm-hmm. you can really. Well, and it's like, I go out there. Oh, and I have, so did, were you guys following? I need to, I need to give you guys, I need to give you like a couple whole plants because I have far too many of these. So last year, one of my customers gifted me, it was an entire plant that was huge. I mean, I divided it up into like 30. I mean, it's like 30 tubers. Oh, wow. Insane. Wow. Like I've never, I don't think it was 30, but I think it was 27 tubers maybe from one plant, like with viable eyes, like with wow. viable right. eyes. And it's the one that supposedly was in Abraham Lincoln's garden. Oh my wow. gosh. And it's her husband's, like his, his husband's grandma gave it to her or something. She's like, they just divide like crazy. She's like, I just want to give you one of these. I'm like, okay. And she's still got, you know, the rest or whatever. Mm-hmm. I now have like 50 of them wow. because, it's, so because I, because I divided that and then I threw away a lot of them. Like I literally just threw them away. Cause I, I was last fall was so busy. Like I just, I'm like, I, yeah. I don't need third. Cause I, I had 30 or 27 last year and yeah. they're the first to bloom. Like they're already budding and they're like a deep, uh, I wouldn't call them. They're not maroon, but they're like a deep red, but they're, they're yeah. really unique. And I think reds yeah. are coming back in. But I need to give you guys one of those. They're really pretty. And it's a ball dahlia. Awesome. I have no idea what it's called. I call it Abe. I wrote that's one that, that's one that oh, I did yeah. like that's one I did label. I call it Abe. But yeah, I think, you know, and people have been like, I want some of the Abe. I'm like, but then I would feel bad selling them. <laughs> like I right. don't know, because they were given to me. Like and yeah. I and I was like, Well, is this like this heirloom dahlia that I'm not supposed to pass on? <laughs> like exactly. I don't want to piss yeah. off her grandma. Like, I yeah. don't know. That's like, funny. I'm giving away Abe. I don't know. Do you guys ever do like, like, are there other flower farmers or other like your siblings or anyone? Do you ever do like a swap or anything like that? Um, we haven't really yet. No, mm-hmm. kind of just with, like with you so far. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, all our flower farmer friends that we've mm-hmm. uh, given to, but mm-hmm. no. So I'm going to do an episode soon with my friend Stacy Armach okay. and she <laughs> saves a lot of her seeds and she does a seed swap like out in okay. Michigan. And so I don't know, like that's, that's part of my dream, like within our mastermind, like, yeah, hey, let's do a dahlia swap yeah, when, when cool. we get together this winter, like bring enough for everyone to have this many of, you know, a different dahlia or something like that. I don't know. Sure. I just think it'd be cool. It'd be fun. Yeah. And then, like, I like it to check in on each other. How's it doing? Terrible. Why'd you give me that <laughs> one? <laughs> like, it's your fault. I have someone else. to yeah. blame. No. <laughs> Last year, my dahlia, well, that's why I had to buy so many dahlias from you guys. My dahlias, I mean, I basically planted them in blacktop soil. Like it wasn't compost. It was terrible. I knocked down a building and then we leveled it off. We put black dirt in and we, we stirred in some compost. We tilled it in, but obviously not near good enough. So now they're in a new location this year. I would say similar, like they're down in the meadow, which is really nice black dirt. I think they'll do significantly better. There's a lot of organic matter down there. You want to touch on maybe like after like you have a frost, the plants turn black and die back that you can't like distinguish what's what. Yes. Yes. That's why it's so important to label while they're alive. And yes. <laughs> yeah. When they, yeah. Cause that frost will come and it's just like black mush. It's so pretty for like 
like a, a day a day maybe like or an hour <laughs> Not even. like it has yeah, frost yeah. on it it's like oh my god it's so pretty and then it's like i mean they are black then it's done. like it's terrible <laughs> um, right the nail in the coffin for the season uh-huh yeah and you just and honestly like i don't know about you guys but i'm like every year so far i've been like which hopefully not this year like i'm really changing a lot of things around this year i'm trying not to get burnt out about it like i set pretty good hours like i'm not doing flower stuff on the weekends really I mean, we're still doing we were like yard projects, but I'm trying not to like, this has to be sustainable. But like, usually when that frost hits, I'm like, freaking a good. Like, yeah, I'm we done. were sad about it last year. Yeah, like, it came too soon. Mm-hmm. It did come way too soon last year. So actually, that's another thing. So I last year would have got the frost. I got a frost the same time as you, but I put a sprinkler on mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's something you guys can try. But I mean, I don't know. And again, like when the area is so big but if you do an overhead sprinkler when it's going to be like a light frost and especially like I just thought eh, we'll try it because my dahlias were so late and they still didn't bloom a whole lot you know and I definitely plan on a lot of overhead sprinklers this year if I have to like because it it warms up the air temp just a few degrees you know water doesn't freeze if it's you know water out of the hydrant is 50 degrees and so it just warms up the air but you can do that or you can do frost cloth i don't know but we did buy frost cloth like just in case we need to save you know a few rows Mm -hmm. or something for like a couple more weeks of subscriptions depending on when a frost would hit but yep yeah usually by that time we're just ready to be done with it too yep Yep. exactly so there's a circle of life and that plant it is is circle of life yep yep plus because you know all the work that's ahead of you yet too exactly like okay like can we just do that and yeah it's a different kind of work it's kind of fun yeah you had said one thing earlier that you know people are so intimidated by dahlias Mm -hmm. like in our zone i'd say too and the reason why is because they are such like a tender annual basically that I think people are intimidated by them is because they don't have a way to store them. Yep, exactly. So, and that's or they where it's don't like, know how to divide it. Yep. And that's yeah. where I think a lot of people just, I mean, like if you only have one or two of them, I mean, I think like the guest, you know, the closet in a guest bedroom that's usually kept closed. I don't know. It just, yeah. most people have garage, somewhere. Like and I mean, honestly, and I would say too warm is better than too cold. Yes. Obviously, if it's too cold, yep. they die. Sure. <laughs> so yep. if yep. it's too warm, it's just they don't go dormant. And so then they just start growing a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. And you'll have it. Like there's times where I've taken them out of saran wrap and I'm like, there is a nine inch stem in here. And then I, yes. you, know, you just break them off. You just cut them yep. off at the base. Like you're not going to get a plant out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's probably the task of dividing them, finding the eyes storing them the intimidating part but once you can have a system down or know what works if you've done it for a season or two that kind of a piece of cake yep exactly and that's i mean going on this point now like and i used to think it was insane like how do people do five thousand dahlias and i just i mean i would love to turn all 19 rows there's a flower farmer in michigan that we always talk about that literally she just she doesn't and she's not wrong like flowers don't always sell great in july like it's the slowest slowest month for moving flowers i had a stem bar tonight it went really really well but for the most part, like those are the hard ones to get like those extra sales. But the thing is like, I don't, I mean, I don't have a consistently, like when we say dahlias start blooming early August, like it's one per plant. That's not right. enough to like, yeah. like by really the time you get, yeah, it's, it's not enough. Like, I mean, how many weeks do you think here in zone 4B do we have dahlias of like actually picking them like enough to like count on them? Um, I would say six. Yeah. Yeah. Six yeah. weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's There's just hardly any. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, if we were, if we were people that it was like August 1st through October 1st and we got a solid two months or whatever, fine. But like six weeks on a good year, like sometimes there's four weeks. Like, yeah, I don't know. Last year was closer. I'd say to four weeks, five Mm -hmm. year before that though. Like we didn't have a frost until mid October. Yeah. That was late. Lots of extra weeks. Mm -hmm. So So that really depends on the growing season. Yeah. And I, I mean, we'll see, like, I'll give it a little bit longer and try to figure out what I want to plant, but We'll see. I, I need to get more blooms out of there. So I'm definitely going to look into that fertilizer that you guys recommended. Yeah, it's a good one. It's all you said, all we really use and has worked well so far. Right. Nice. Our real test. We should probably get that done. Yeah. <laughs> so any other questions, Abby? Any questions? I mean, an hour's worth of Dahlia talk. I feel like I'm an expert at this point. Well, of course <laughs> you are. Of course you are. Don't do the dinner plate ones. Do the smaller ones. Yep. I know how yep. to yep. tie them up now. Yep. Don't do the bone thing because my dog's going to go dig it up. Yep. yep. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Does like the life cycle make sense, Abby? Like do people understand, you know, that it's a tuber and then it becomes a plant and then you have to divide it. Like the not all tubers are going to have an eye. So the whole plant's not going to be viable, you know, for the next year. You have to divide them up. And Yeah, I followed along pretty clearly, and mm-hmm. I okay. started at zero knowledge of dahlias. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> it helped that you guys compared it to a potato right away. Yeah. <laughs> it sure. really is like a potato, yes. It, div- it multiplies just the same as a potato. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't you guys tell us where can we find you on Instagram, Facebook, your website? Tell us all the things. Sure. We do have a website. Um, bloomingcreekff.com also on instagram our handle is bloomingcreekff and also on facebook you can find us at blooming creek flower farm our logo is purple with the, our name on it so well thank you so much for joining me um and abby thank you to you as always thanks so much for having us yeah it's fun all right well thanks for listening to another episode of the sunny mary meadow podcast i'm your host liz and thanks for being here this week Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunnymarymeadow.com.